0: show note the milk crates and turntables podcast is recorded weekly from our live stream it is rarely if ever edited and this episode proves it thanks for listening this podcast is sponsored by great white hot sauce it's a small batch handmade hot sauce made specially for you so if you like hot sauce you'll love great white hot sauce It's the hot sauce that bites back. Find it at www.trygreatwhite.com. What can be said about the Rolling Stones that hasn't already been said? World's greatest rock band, world's greatest lead singer, icons in the industry. Well, in this episode, we're going to talk about the Rolling Stones hopefully we get things right. I mean, after all, I'm just a cold Italian pizza who needs a lemon squeezer. What do I know?
1: Enjoy the show. The KOFB Studio presents Milk Crates and Turntables, a music discussion podcast hosted by Scott McLean with his co-host,
2: Jack Calabrese. Now, let's talk music. Enjoy the show.
0: All right. Thank you, Amanda, for that wonderful introduction, as usual. Welcome to the podcast. I don't have to name it because, well, you're listening to it or you're watching it so you know what it is. We're gonna get right to it tonight we got a, a good show rolling stones uh, I mean uh, like I said in the intro what's there to say that hasn't already been said it's kind of like Led Zeppelin right but maybe we're gonna come up with some stuff you might be interested in so without further ado let me bring on my co-host the monkey man the midnight rambler that uh, Calabrese. <laughs> hey, what ha- what about little TNA? <laughs> you're my little. You're my little rock and roll, baby. You're my <laughs> little rock and roll. How you doing? I'm doing good. Hey, All can right.
2: you can you before we get into it? Just out of curiosity, and I know this is not something that the people on the podcast can see, but what is that table behind you?
0: That right over my shoulder. That right over your shoulder. That is a bumper pool table a, a bumper over. pool table all What's right that? a
2: bumper it was a guy in winthrop they used to call me ronald j stimpson he was uh a scottish guy he used to call me up and say jack eat up for a thrashing in bumper pool we're gonna drink some miller's bumper pool is the, is the shit he, he took said, all he took all of his furniture out of his living room and put a bumper to a bumper pool table in
0: we had one up we had one up in uh on the second floor of my house and we had a dock board and it would be during the winter it would be like people like Farmer and John Farmer and you know other Fama. guys coming Marty Sirac you know coming over playing bumper pool drinking beers playing dots, watching the Bruins See like,
2: see how far we've come you know back then even our accents Man Farmer he's a beast in bumper pool yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bumper
0: pool's fun bumper pool's I, I'm, I'm bringing fun. bumper pool sexy back Ooh ah. soon to be an olympic sport yeah, Scott, the IT guy, just commented in Bumper Pool. Next will be shuffleboard. Oh, you don't know what I'm building in my backyard. <laughs> Dude, there's nothing nothing wrong with shuffleboard. That's right. It's gonna be a, next thing I'm gonna have bocce balls too.
2: But I love the shuffleboard in the bars, you know, like the, the long piece of wood and you put the craft cheese Sawdust on, on and it. Everything that, on them, yeah, You have that that craft crazy Parmesan cheese in the green can you that you go. put on
0: there. <laughs> All, All right, right you ready to do a good show? I'm ready to do a good show. All right, let's talk about the Rolling Stones and so we're going to do something a little different tonight. We're not going to kind of lead them from the beginning to the end. I got a lot of just interesting facts that we can throw out there. Maybe some people knew, maybe they know, maybe they don't know. I think you got a a little bit of yours, we'll do a little trivia. We'll play, you know, we'll make it interesting because I mean, face it, everybody watching, they know I mean, I know. How can how can't you make the
2: Rolling Stones interesting? One of the, the the greatest rock and roll band
0: of all time. So that's one of the questions, right? Are they? Are they the greatest? Well, you know, arguably,
2: you can say that the Beatles were the greatest rock and roll band. But I think that the, the Rolling Stones were more of a rock band. The Beatles were more of an experimental pop band.
0: Um bring the audio up a little. All right. Scott the IT guy giving me some uh <laughs> giving some me some direction. audio advice during the show. That's what he gets paid for from that now, hot now, sauce money. Now, um, now that he's he's freed up from the shackles. He's a free but, agent other than this show. We own him. Damn um. Well, I mean, we did the show on Led Zeppelin and there'd be a lot of people that, that would argue that Led Zeppelin's the greatest rock and roll band, but that Next I, to the Rolling Stones? No way. I, I'm, I'm with you. you. You'll get no argument from me. I think no. No. the reason they're the greatest is they stayed together. The Beatles have a great, one of the greatest catalogs for the time from, you know, from beginning to end. Right? I think that was brought up on the last podcast, you know, they never really did a bad album other than, you know, Yellow Submarine. And that's still, again, it was a soundtrack. It was kind of campy, but do you count that? Right. Um, But the Rolling Stones are, they're they're timeless. (coughs) Right. Broke,
2: broke all types of new ground. Longevity hits Classic albums. Plus, they had the stories. They were legends. You know, that's one of the things that's really missing in music today. You know, you think about some of the bands that are around today, you don't have that mystique. You don't have that history. You know, the Ed Sullivan show, Altamont, you know, Brian Jones, Mick Taylor, you know, Keith Richards and all of his escapades, you know, Mick Jagger being, you know, just Mick Jagger and, you know, the rhythm section just kind of doing their thing. You know, they have such a deep, rich history with a lot of interesting things that they did that we were all really into back in the day. And you don't get that with a lot of the new bands, you know, and that part of that is because, you know, the times have changed and people are just not as interested. You know, I think because of things like Spotify and the digitalization of music that you just don't have people that uh, are as invested in their bands that they're not their bands. Uh, It's a, it's very, passive if you will it's very disposable but back when we were young the rolling stones were they were it there was a mystique about them you wanted to know about them
0: uh absolutely i i've heard this used in different contexts well a uh, different uh artists but I, I love the philosophy or the theory you know, the, it's a philosophy or it's just a a thing that uh the world is billions of years old and we were fortunate enough to be alive when the rolling stones at the same time as the rolling stones. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's pretty, I said that to my wife. I think I used also David Bowie, you know? Sure. Sure. She took it literally. Well, you know, um, the world actually, I mean, (laughs) it's just a thing, baby. It's just a (laughs) thing. Time out, doctor. (laughs) Time out. Oh, Oh, I get it now. I get yeah. it.
2: Yeah. And, 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 you know, if that's not bad enough, we actually get greedy. Like, I, you know, there are times where I wish that I were like, you know, five to seven years older. So I could have actually seen the Stones in 72. Yeah. You know, or, yeah. uh, you know, maybe could have seen, you know, the Beatles or, you know, the Doors back in those days. Like, I remember, you know, being a teenager saying, man, we missed all the good music not recognizing all of the good music that was yet to come, including a lot of the stuff that the Stones put out.
0: Well, yeah, we eventually did get to see them. You know, I saw them in the Voodoo Lounge tour, and you know, I, that was a, one and done for me. They were just old enough to where I was like, okay, but I wouldn't see them today. Uh, and the, you know, you I and I- I don't go to concerts just because.
2: Yeah, you and I differ on that because I saw them at the Steel Wheels tour and then every single tour thereafter, sure, A-
0: absolutely,
2: absolutely, and, and almost every time saying, "Hey, I gotta go. This is the last time. I, I gotta, I, I gotta go to the Voodoo Lounge. I gotta go to the Bridges to Babylon. I gotta go to the Bigger Bang. You know, it just, it just never ended. But you know what? Before that, part of it is because, you know, they they didn't really tour on the East Coast. They didn't play, um, you know, during the whole Tattoo You uh, Still Life tour. They weren't around for the 78 tour. They played a couple of they they limited dates uh and they didn't come anywhere near Boston, not that we would have gone at, you know, 1977 or 78 or whenever it was. We were probably a little bit too young when they toured and played the Garden in 75. Yeah. And they didn't they didn't come to Foxborough until 1989. So when we got into music and we like really discovered the Stones and really got into them and wanted to see them, you know, think about it. What was that? You know, 76, 77, 78, you know, what whatever it was. We had to wait until 1989 to see the Rolling Stones. As a matter of fact, Phil Kelly, and he may not remember this, and it was probably me more than Phil Kelly. WCOZ in 1981 had uh, an initiative to try to get the Stones to play Boston. So there was a debate whether they were going to play Hampton Roads, Virginia, or Boston, and Kevin White at the time was trying to get them to play a free show uh at uh, City Hall Plaza. And I stood oh, on Jesus. the Boston on the Boston Commons with a stack of papers getting signatures, a petition to get the Rolling Stones to play Boston.
0: Look at you. You you are a young activist, a rock <laughs> and roll activist. Look at 14. you.
2: 14. I was 14 years old.
0: Gotta love that. Look Skipped that. school,
2: went and got a bunch of signatures.
0: <laughs> did it work? No. It did
2: not. <laughs> oh, please. Are you kidding me?
0: <laughs> I so, can't believe. Keith Richards and Mick Jagger, I'm going to this is a nice like I said, I got a bunch of these kind of off the wall things that uh that you know, I I some I knew some I didn't. Uh Keith Richards and Mick Jagger were born at the same hospital 145 days apart. John Farmer and myself were born in Boston City Hospital 3 days apart and we ended up like we kind of like Jagger and Richards. <laughs> no? No. Uh, uh, well no. so I my birthday is the same as Keith Richards so we 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 had that going for us. He yeah, was a skinny dude. He was a skinny yeah. dude. It's so um, you. So anyways anyways they attended the same elementary school and met 17 years later on a platform on October 25th. 1960 and that was the beginning of an iconic relationship which they don't really they're not as friendly as people might think they are
2: no it's a lot of time to spend together look it's just like you and i i mean i know that you and farmer have history but the way that i describe you are in my relationship is that we've known each other for almost forty five years, and Here we've been we on go. the verge of never speaking to one another for forty five years.
0: Well, I say this because now this 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 bitch Anita what? Pallenberg is a fucking thorn in that group's side, man. <laughs> she is. I mean, okay, so Anita Pallenberg, the mother of three of Keith Richards' kids, beautiful woman back in the day. Yeah, yeah, and the mistress of three members from the Rolling Stones. First, she had an affair with Brian Jones, and they say when she dumped him, that was the beginning of his end. He never recovered. He was devastated when she dumped him.
2: Well, well remember, she she was with Brian before Keith.
0: Well, she had an affair with Brian Jones. While she, So she had an affair with Brian Jones, then Keith Richards, and finally Mick Jagger, right? And Keith Richards kind of admitted that The thing between those two, uh, between Jagger and her, uh, during the filming of the movie Performance, and these are his words, has forever tarnished the relationship between us. Fucking Jagger was a dog. Insecure. Insecure and a dog. They say that he had... Uh, probably they say about 4,000 women, 4,000 partners. Let's just put it that way. 4,000 partners over his time. And, uh, let's see. I, I got a little list of who, uh, who he was supposedly with. Uh, where is it? So they say, uh, Mick Jagger had, uh, Affair with the, he was with about four thousand women, including Madonna, Uma Thurman, Princess Margaret, Angelina Jolie, and David Bowie. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I believe a lot
2: of those. Well, that's... I mean, what the, what the hell do I know? But you know, I'll tell you. Getting back to Anita, I mean, he could have had any woman that he wanted. And he fucked over one of his friends. That's bad.
0: Yeah, your guitar player, your songwriting partner.
2: That's bad, man.
0: Yeah. So his uh, his image kind of gets a little tarnished when you look at that. Although he is Sir Mick Jagger, so you know, um, we had just we talked about this. Oh, by the way, this is episode. 25. Wow. We've had 25 episodes, buddy. Seems like 50. Oh,
1: Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: Jesus. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just uh, I'll edit that out. I'll just edit that whole thing. We'll we'll move on. Okay.
1: (laughs) So. (laughs) No,
0: no, 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 (laughs) no. Um, So the the lips, the lips, right? Their logo. The Hindu goddess Kali inspired the logo that represents the Rolling Stones. The goddess Kali symbolizes an emancipation and destruction of evil, as is the goddess of eternal energy. That drawing of the mythical tongue is known as hot lips, has become the emblem of rock and roll, also became the symbol of peace and love before the hippies in the 70s came up with their peace symbol. Designer John Pash or Pache made the logo stint. in 1970. Yeah. For a modest sum of 50 pounds, which is, yep. I don't know, 100 bucks, 110 bucks. Yeah, it American. depends upon
2: what the exchange rate was at that time. Seven, anywhere 70. between you know, 70 to $100, whatever it was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So no, a- there was, I think we had talked about it on, on one episode that uh, some people thought, just because Andy Warhol came up with the design of Sticky Fingers, the album yep. cover, that he also designed the tongue, which there's he a lot of not. people that he did not.
2: You know, he, and that. even even though even though um, you know um, you know Kali was supposed to be the inspiration for the the tongue and and lips, he kind of admitted that Jag was really the inspiration for his drawing.
0: It fits.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. of course, of course. Do you, do you know what? Do you know when they first started using
1: it?
0: Hold on.
2: And it, this this might be the thing that leads to the confusion.
0: Hold on. So they started using it on. Was it was it sticky fingers?
2: It was sticky fingers.
0: Yeah, because I was thinking of the albums before, I'm like I. I didn't see the logo on it. Yeah, Sticky Fingers. So there you go with the at the same time as the album Andy Warhol. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And that's and Sticky point.
2: Fingers, you know, the the design that Andy Warhol Andy Warhol and his his group from the factory, you know, they made the the design of that record and it actually had the working zipper. Yeah. At one point they, they they wanted to put a balloon in there, but it was too expensive to to get that done. And uh, pretty soon after, when they started to do reprints of the record, they actually got rid of the
0: real zipper. Do you know why? The zipper was ruining album covers. And it, it was, was ruining the albums. album
2: covers. That's right.
0: Because they were That's all right. coming in these boxes, and they were all pressed together. Yeah. And so on the back of some albums, there was that indent yep. from the yeah. zipper that was behind it.
2: That is exactly right.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, you know, again, what's your favorite Stones album? Exile on Main Street. I think we talked about this too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure we uh, did. I'm tossed up between Sticky Fingers and um and actually uh Some Girls. I that's maybe that's a I mean every song on that is great, but that actually uh leads me into something. What's the song on Some Girls? I was driving one night Going far away, down, far away, far away eyes. eyes. So, the story behind far away eyes was Keith Richards had gotten he had gotten in trouble in Canada, I think, he for, did. For, for, for drugs, and this blind girl kind of he befriended her somehow, and she kind of got him. She he got off, but. He never forgot her. She kind of got him straight for a little while and he he wrote the song about her far away eyes means she's blind so he wrote that about a blind girl i'm not i i know the story I don't want to do it on the podcast and and kill it i'll 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 you know I'll dig it up again, but that's the gist of it It yeah. was about it was a real about a real girl so the, when they were going through their country spell with Dead Flowers and Honky Tonk Woman.
2: Wild that, Horses.
0: Yeah. And that came from the uh the friendship that Richards had with Grand Country Parsons. Legend Grand Parsons. Yeah. yeah. But Jagger never felt comfortable singing the country songs. He said my my voice and everything was always more for the for the blues. So I was never comfortable drinking. But he did it well.
2: The, the, you know, there were a lot of rumors that that had gone around that uh, the Stones actually stole the song Wild Horses from Graham Parsons. Now, I think that if you watch enough of the YouTube videos that that rumor was kind of debunked, but there, there was some controversy that they actually took that tune from him uh, and took credit for it and, and all of that. But, you know, the Flying Burrito Brothers did it as well.
0: The Sundays did and we did this when we talked about covers in episode I don't know, 7. Um The Sundays do a fabulous version of Wild Horses. Really a fabulous version. Yeah. The Sundays that she just kills it and it's very melodic. It's you know can any can you can you ruin that song? You know, it's such a great song. It could be done in different tones different versions i guess well
2: i get i get news for you that's a song that i play around the campfire you absolutely can ruin it (laughs) (laughs) no question about it okay i've i've I've, I've ruined it many so many
0: so last episode i said jack's a fantastic guitar player except he can't play wild horses (laughs) (laughs) we'll we'll leave it at that we'll leave it at that so um let's get into some uh well, the name, where did the name, where did they get the name Rolling Stones, Do you know? They
2: got the name Rolling Stones from an old Muddy Waters song That's called Rolling boy. Stone. That's right. And, and it kind of goes back to, if, if you go back to that platform where Jagger and Richards met each other, the reason that they made the connection was Jagger was a smart guy. Yeah. Even back in the day, you know, where he had a real interest in the American blues, back in the old American blues, he actually was industrious enough that he actually wrote to the record companies in the states and, and had records sent over to him. I'm sure he paid for them, you know, and figured all that out. but he had a lot of those old blues records that a lot of people in Britain did not. yeah, and, that, and that's where you know Jagger and Richards, you know that's where they, they formed their bond. you know, Jagger had a handful of records, and that's where they made that connection. Yeah, which is also a great song, by the way. Connection.
0: It's just too bad she- McJagger could never do it on his own. Horrible. No,
2: no, his solo albums are terrible.
0: Yeah, I yeah. Mean, yeah you know, she's the a- boss. Primitive, cool, wandering spirit, and goddess in the doorway, and none of them very good. <laughs> they were, as it was said, some of them they were shunned by the public.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, none, none of them very good. But let me ask you this.
0: Well, you, Keith Richards, you? Keith Richards uh still held a, a a grudge against Jagger uh in his artistic works calling him unbearable.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, do, do you know do you know what uh, Keith Richards nickname for Mick Jagger is? Brenda. <laughs> 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 He's turned into Brenda. <laughs> Uh, but, but by the way, while we're talking about the solo records, did you have any affection for the Keith Richards solo records? No. Oh
0: my God, the first one's
2: fantastic.
0: Is it? It is. I, it I'll is, honestly admit, I didn't. I didn't even give it a. a oh a my chance. God!
2: So 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 good. That first one is fantastic. Is and that it is with so,
0: the 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 what's with this group? The uh, it's the
2: expensive winos. Yeah. Who, oh, by, the, by the way, the, the drummer for the Expensive Winers, Steve Jordan, has now taken Charlie Watt's place and will stay in his place for the tour that they're doing this summer.
0: And speaking of assuming, drummers, the Assuming Stones, that it happens. The Stones' first drummer was Mick Avery. Second who, drummer. He was their first drummer at their Second first gig. Drummer. He was their drummer at their first gig.
2: Now, there's a, there was a guy that was in a drummer for them first. Now, now, maybe Mick Avery was the you know first drummer that actually played a, a gig, but there was yeah, another they drummer. Yeah, played a gig,
0: and he went on to play with who? The Kinks. Yeah, that's my boy. All right. You're hot tonight, buddy. The Kinks. He played with the Kinks from like 64, like all the way till 84. Yeah, yeah. He must have saw a lot of shit with them. Maybe but we'll can try to imagine, cover you- that mess.
2: Can you imagine? Well, well, you know, what are you going to be? Are you going to be the drummer that's in the band that's you know got Jagger and Richards fighting each other all the time, or in the band with the kinks that are fighting each other all the time? I still think he should have you know chosen the Stones. Not that he really had a choice. They right. wanted Charlie.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Mark Flynn, friend of the show, commented in Rolling Stones best songs: A, give me shelter, or B, all the rest. <laughs> 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 okay. Do,
2: do, uh, Scott, do you have a favorite? Hey, do you have your top
0: five stone songs? Now you're on the spot. I do. Sway. Uh Hand of Fate. Um Sway, Hand of Fate, uh Midnight Rambler.
2: Live version of studio.
0: Oh, the live version.
2: I'll Get your yayas out.
0: Yeah, and Hot Rocks. That's the my first ex- real exposure to the Full Stones is Hot. I had the the Hot Rocks album.
2: Yeah, they, but the Hot Rocks cut yeah, they're all dressed like I, Robin
0: right? Hood and his Merry Men on the front. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> so that that uh, Virgin on Hot Rocks is from Get Your Yayas Out, where they the played in '69. They,
0: there's a Virgin on that.
2: There's no Virgins in the Rolling Stones.
0: <laughs> uh, you- I could have sworn you said the Virgin. Um. <laughs> uh, let's see. I like Slave. Slave. Is who plays? Name. Who plays guitar on Slave? Would that be Jimmy Page? No. <laughs> no. You get he two more on one guesses. of the, He played on one of their songs. You get two more guesses. You're, who you're played the, guitar on Slave? You're, who? Played guitar on Slave. I just said that. Okay. Who? (laughs) Oh, yeah, Pete Thompson. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) Nice.
2: Nice. Could I make it any more obvious? But you are right that Jimmy Page Page played on uh, One Hit to the Body. One Hit
0: to the Body. That was it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, let me see. I have... uh... And... Probably, oh, Monkey Man! It's got to be Monkey Man. And great song. I mean, I like, I like. I mean, it's hard to say. Like, Give Me Shelter for the longest time was my favorite Rolling Stone song. You know, uh, every other song on, on uh, Sticky Fingers was my favorite song. But Sway <laughs> is probably my my favorite. You know, when Mick Taylor just tore it up. Like I said, when his his solos and that are just. Brings him into Guitar Valhalla, you know. Do you do you have any? Killed it.
2: Do you have any of their songs that you dislike?
0: I can't think offhand. I'm sure I do. Are there uh, any songs so theirs that like? There's there nothing so- that stands out that I hate.
2: Yeah, but are there any songs of theirs that you don't have to hear anymore?
0: Um, probably miss you yeah um oh you know what know what else is one of my favorite songs what was the album that came out after um some girls uh emotional what, rescue emotional rescue that's one of my favorite songs by them i would put that in, the, in my top that's, five. that's
2: a good one too because for the longest disco? time
0: when he said riding across the desert desert in an arab charger i'm like how do you fucking get a car in the desert? Like, why would you be driving a car in <laughs> nah, the that's desert and
2: okay. graduate of Winthrop high school you know we'll, we'll, I, we'll give you a little slack there thought,
0: I'm thinking i'm thinking why why is in an Arab charger is that different than than a regular charger anyways I just throw it out there I just throw it out there um so let's talk about Charlie Watts a little. He's he's the guy that no one really knows much about. But you said it. He was he was a jazz guy. He was a jazz guy. What was the name? Did you know he had his own band on the side? Which I'm sure you did know. Um. So later, like in the early '80s,
2: he had a big band. Is that what you're talking about?
0: It was. It was the well, no, it was the Charlie Watts Quintet. Whenever right. he wasn't playing with the Stones, he was he was jazz. He, he loved his know, jazz. He taught himself how to play drums. He was yeah. always insecure about his drums, about his his, his, his form, how he played. Uh, he learned by watching. He said he watched every drummer he could watch. And then when, like, the American jazz bands would come out, come over there, he'd just watch, and he learned. yeah. yeah. You know? And so Charlie Watts was a, you know – he was the first one to get married, you know he's married the whole time, pretty much The other old, than right whole at the time very beginning, yep, him and Bill Wyman were like, those guys can have that. We're just gonna be cool. Enjoy the show, you know, although well, he had some sort of a d d um he always had this thing about aesthetics, everything had to be aesthetic, like even when he after the show is over, they do their encore and they're leaving the stage. Before they packed the drums up and he had to make sure that his drumsticks were just particularly set and he wouldn't leave. Like he'd go back and, and he would stand there and look at them and then he would leave and then they would yeah. unpack his drum set. <laughs> like he just had, he's the one that helped Jagger do all the big stage shows.
2: Yeah. You know? Particularly the, the 81, the 81 tour, the still live tour. He designed that stage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Charlie Watts was quietly a, a kind of a mastermind behind the scene you know but there was, a, always- there, was,
2: a, there, was a, there was a lot of artists in the, in the Stones right so Keith Richards went to art school you know Charlie right. Watts just as he, as you had indicated had an eye for design and and Ronnie Wood have you ever seen Ronnie Wood's artwork yeah his, his paintings. paintings and in his yeah. illustrations yeah. are unbelievable i mean even um Eric Clapton's Crossroads box set that that was drawn by Ron Wood
0: but this this one takes the cake this what i'm about to tell you just takes the cake, man. It's the winner. It's hands down. Charlie Watts has a sketch of every bed he's ever slept in on the road from 1969 on. He said it's he said it's an endless, like you look through this book and it's just endless, just sketches of beds, the bed that he would sleep in at a hotel or wherever he stayed. He said it was kind of as kind of a product of taking things that make you not be able to sleep.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, but it, it turns into you know therapy. Kind of, I mean, he was a, he was a man of routine. There's a, there's actually a video on YouTube of him that shows. I don't know what the number is. Maybe it's a dozen shows. But he had this ritual. Like right before he went on stage, he would do this little weird dance.
0: No, backstage. that was the jazz. That was the jazz. The jazz man, they called him. And Keith he Richards just, got the biggest kick out of that.
2: Oh, in all of the videos, Richards is just standing there laughing at him.
0: Yeah, he'd do the jazz. He would put his hands on his hips, and he'd rotate them. Now, remember what I said about him, you know, two episodes ago, I guess, when he, uh, he was very into, like, you have to be in shape. Like, you have to be ready every night to do this. Yeah, he was very disciplined, you know? Then there was the episode that, uh, infamous when at like five in the morning, Jagger and Richards trashed, they call his hotel room. Mick Jagger says, where's my drummer? Right? So Charlie, and they, they kind of rag him on the phone. He hangs up the phone as the story goes. He, Charlie Woods hangs up the phone, gets up, goes in the bathroom, shaves, Puts on a suit, because he was always impeccably dressed, right? Goes down, goes to Keith Richards' room where they were, and proceeds to punch McJagger in the face. <laughs> right? And knocked him into um what's that? I just got a thing that says I'm having connection issues, so I don't know what's going on. Punches him in the you, face bro. and supposedly knocks. Jagger over
2: I don't know if people can hear me, but Scott just froze
1: Scott Scott, Where are you? Hello, hello, Scott. Please call home soon, there you are.
0: This is beautiful. I don't know if I'm streaming. I gotta check. Here we go. So <laughs> da, da, da. for the, I'm gonna edit this out. Scotty, you just turned into a Disney character. You're frozen. This is definitely getting edited out. Well, so did you? No.
1: Hello. <laughs> Hello? Can I please speak to Charlie Watts?
2: Scotty, you just turned into a Disney character. You're frozen.
0: Oh,
1: Jesus. Hello, Scott. Where are you?
0: <laughs> All right, they can hear me. All right, we're back somehow, some way. So, anyways, it ends up.
1: Uh oh, Scotty, you are frozen again. Hello, do you need me to get my (laughs) saw? Where are you, Scott? I cannot see you. Are you okay? Hello? Scott McLean. Why do you not? Why, why won't you speak to me, Scott? Hello?
2: <laughs> well, everybody, it looks like our friend down in Florida is having a little bit of technical difficulties. We'll just hang here a little bit. And uh, wait to see if he's going to come back. The Rolling Stones. Bill Gates actually paid $20 million for the use of Start Me Up for the release of Windows 95. I have to tell you, Scott didn't ask me, but my favorite songs are Oh, Can't You Hear Me Knocking, Out of Time, Jumpin' Jack Flash, Saint of Me, and You Can't Always Get What You Want. Song that I never really liked was Start Me Up. Never, never, never really got into that tune. It just didn't move me for whatever reason. Let's see if he's texted in.
1: Hello, Scott.
2: I don't know where our boy is. Maybe he went and listened to a couple of Stones records. Mark Flynn, little known fact. Did you know that Keith Richards wrote the Go-Go's hit, Our Lips Are Sealed? That is absolutely not true. Nice try, though, Mark. Appreciate it. Anybody else got any comments that they want to make? Come on, send them in. I'm in the show. Everyone can still see and hear you. I love it. So I guess this is the time to announce that Scott and I, much like Keith Richards and Mick Jagger, have decided to go different ways for a period of time. I mean, let's face it. He wasn't really pulling his weight on this thing. You know, he had to rely. He got to a point where he had to start going and using, uh, sound effects and putting pinball machines in the back. He just, you know, he just couldn't carry it on his own, so he had to start using props and different things. And it's it's a damn shame, but you know, when you don't have that much talent, you have to kind of rely upon bullshit like that. So I I I just don't know what to tell you. So let's see if we can get him on the phone.
1: Call Scott McLean.
2: Here it is. Yeah. Hey, Scott, it's Jack.
0: Hey, Jack, it's Scott. I'm fucking the restream dive. Hey, we're
2: still live here. You want to continue doing the show? You can do it from your phone.
0: <laughs> I don't know how we're live because my camera isn't live.
2: Everybody here tells me that I'm still on. So you know, I guess this is time to tell you that you're not on the show anymore. We've decided. We took a vote here, and and and, and you're out. You did, look. You did a good job, and you took it as far as you could. But we just think that we have to move on without you. So you know, we we this is the time that we're going to announce a replacement. You know, we've we've gotten a, we've got a, We've got a new. We've got a new person to take over your part. So we're bringing in Sammy Hagar. He's actually going to play lead. I'm pretty sure I'm still alive.
0: I'm going to go on Facebook and see what's going on there, because this is insane. It's typical, though. It's typical.
2: Did you get cut off? Did you get banned? You didn't play any music, did you? I don't remember you playing any music.
0: No, it's just uh, I got this. It said something's wrong when you stream. Oh, I'm watching
1: you right now. <laughs> How the hell is this happening? <laughs> Can you hear it?
2: on my phone <laughs> hey scott while i have you on the phone did you know that the first version of satisfaction included a harmonica and was actually considered to be a b-side for painted hey. black
1: uh, what the how did you stay on and I, I, I'm, I'm dead to the water
2: here. So from what I understand, and I read this in the paper the other day, that Facebook has a new algorithm that uh, be, is able to identify real talent and discard really, you know, no good, no talent want to be So sorry. Ah! Ah!
1: This just ain't right. <laughs> this just ain't right.
2: Scott, Scott, before idea. before before we cut you off the show permanently, I need to I need you to I need you to send up all of the cases of free hot sauce that you got, because this, this is my show now. <laughs>
1: there has been a takeover. <laughs> what the hell? How did this happen? <laughs> Scott the, the IT guy. Are you
0: in on him, Scott the IT guy. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I had him. Did, did he bring me on today on his last week just so he could
2: plant a worm in my computer? I think he did. I think it's ransomware. He wants $18 or you're not ever getting back on your show. What the hell? Well, wait a minute. It's job? $18 and two bottles of hot sauce. And a king of Facebook koozie. <laughs> you want a coffee mugs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i got a lot of coffee mugs i tell you you've never looked better on this show you're doing a fantastic job
1: (laughs) it's not it's not allowing me to what the hell
2: this this stream has been about as effective as a mick jagger solo album plenty plenty of good material yeah buddy yeah yeah, this I think this may be the best show that we've ever ever done. Although it wasn't the best show until like thirty eight minutes and twenty two seconds. What the hell? And even before you left, you know there was a little bit of a blip, and you were like, "I'm gonna edit this part. I'm gonna edit this part. Try editing this, motherfucker." <laughs> we're live, brother. How did you stay
0: live? And I'm the one hosting it. And it's not it, restream. was
2: just dead on me here because i don't live so in a hillbilly state with subpar wi-fi oh, wait a minute now. <laughs> How, look, everything
0: is like it's like i'm looking at a screen that is absolutely insane right
2: now yeah it's you know i mean on my on my part there's uh you know i can see me i don't see you at all there's a, there's no more chat at least not on my end you know i'm i'm still stuck seeing uh Mr. Flynn's did you know that Keith Richards wrote the Go Go's hit "Our Lips Are Sealed"? Nah, uh, I can't.
0: My restream is
2: totally shot. Uh, you it's just totally shot, man. You, you just can't get no satisfaction, poor little. Uh,
1: poor little Scotty. He cannot do the podcast, so he's going to go to have a cup of more more milk and go to bed. He's going to okay. go sleepy time. That was awful. Oh, wait, he's coming back.
2: I see, I see, I see Winthrop votes. (laughs) Best show ever. Best show. Wait a minute. I'm seeing the stats. 2,000 downloads in the past 18 minutes. (laughs)
0: Now I'm back.
1: There you are.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you can't hey. keep me down, motherfucker. Hey, I gotta go. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Might as well play the fucking guitar. This show is this is a mess. So okay. all right no, let's no. play a game let's play a game stop playing all all right. The time right let's play yes. a game name the album i'm gonna play a song and you gotta tell me the album that it's from all okay right? all right here we go song number one
2: What album? That is that is the song "Happy," written by Jagger and Richards, sung by Keith Richards on Exile on Main Street.
0: Yay! <laughs> Woo! All, right. All right, let's see. What do we got here? Here we go. Song number two. What album? Got
1: nasty habits.
2: What album? Is this, uh, this is off of
0: uh, Goat's Head Soup. So oh. Live With Me off of Let It Bleed.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. I got the songs mixed up. That's all right.
0: That's all right. All right, next song. Song number three.
2: So this has Dancing with Mr. D off of Goat's Head Soup. Say that again? Dancing with Mr. D off of Goat's Head Soup.
1: <laughs> Woo-hoo!
0: All right, enough of that. I'd like to buy a bowel. <laughs> yeah, buy a bowel. How's this? All right, let's go over to... There you go.
2: This is Hand of Fate off
0: of Black and Blue. There you go. You're four out of five so far. Oh, you're three out of four. I think that was three out of four. All right. Let's go with, uh, there you go. Let's try this one. Song number six, I think we're on.
2: Little TNA off of Tattoo You.
0: And this was basically what? Sticky Fingers Part 2? This album?
2: Uh, Yeah, it was a a bunch of cutouts. So some things left over from Goat's Head Soup and um, stuff from like Waiting on a Friend, I think was written in like 73.
0: All right. Let's go with this one. This is Slave. Right. Off a tattoo, you. I thought I'd trip you up a little bit.
2: With Keith Richards on rhythm guitar. (laughs) And Pete Townsend.
0: And Pete Townsend. There you go. All right. Let's see what we got for the next one. Uh, This is easy. That is Bitch
2: off of Sticky Fingers.
0: There you go. <laughs> Enough of that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you keep saying that,
0: but you keep doing it. Uh, okay. Oh, man. Let's go. Uh, I'll give you, give you one more. One more. It's It's an easy one, but it's a great song. Just because I wanted to play it.
2: This is Monkey Man. Nope. Yeah, this is Monkey Man. Off of um This is off of Let It Bleed. Not for that. Let It Bleed, Let It Bleed's an amazing record.
0: Isn't it though? Unbelievable.
2: It- Such a good record.
0: Yes. You know, sir. Loved,
2: you know you know who loved this song "Dookie"?
0: ah that's right that's that's one of his yeah that's one of his favorite songs yeah
2: I remember that from the Calabrese Cellar
0: greatest guitar solo and a Rolling Stones song is on this song Did you favorite Rolling Stones song
2: I know it is you love this song
0: this song is it's so good So great.
2: So, you know, here's the funny thing. You know, like Jagger talks about him not
0: being able to sing country. He's got a country twang on this song he does. a little bit. Yeah. He has a twang in general on these songs, that he's the slower songs that he sings. Yep. So, quick story behind this, and I, I love telling this story. They're in the studio. They're waiting to record this song. And Keith Richards not showing up. Keith Richards is not showing up. Keith Richards is not showing up. Finally, Mick Taylor says, fuck it. I'll do the solo. Let's just get this shit done. And they proceed to rip it up, just totally rip it up, without Keith Richards, which irritated the shit out of him. And probably was one of the uh, reasons Mick Taylor said, I'm going to get the fuck out of (laughs) here. I'm out of (laughs) here. You know, eventually. Eventually.
2: It's a damn shame that he left that band because the the band was never better. You know, Brian Jones, great instrumentalist, you know, Ronnie Wood, you know, really talented guy. But but Mick Taylor, those years, he was such a compliment to that band. They were never better than that.
0: They really weren't. They really weren't. That and that you're right. That is a great uh lineup. That is a great lineup. Um, he they said, were looking you know at he, other. They were looking at other guitarists before him, um, I believe. Uh, Jeff well, Beck, I know, I, Peter Frampton,
2: Eric Clapton. Er, yeah, actually lobbied for it a little bit. But but how about when when Mick Taylor left? You know you know who the one of the people that was um, rumored to take his place was Andy Summers of the the Police. Really, yeah. Yep. Also, Mick Ronson,
0: Mick Ronson from Bowie, Bowie's, yep. uh, you know, the spiders yep. from Mars.
2: Yeah, yeah. And Steve Marriott, who strangely enough was considered for the Stones, didn't get the gig. Ronnie Wood got the gig, and Steve Marriott took Ronnie Wood's place in the Faces. How neat and tidy.
0: Yeah. Right. And Ronnie Wood. Um, he didn't just play the guitar and faces, he played the harmonica, bass and he sang. Plus he co-wrote a lot of those songs like Stay With Me and Ooh La La. He sang he lead on Ooh La, La La. Most people don't know that. Yeah. What's that? He sings lead on Ooh La La. Yeah. He wrote those songs and he also yeah. wrote uh Every Picture Tells a Story when when Rod Stewart went solo. Uh he would is, play with him still. Is that know? is that a song is that a song that can be played anymore? Every Picture Tells a Story yeah oh because of the uh the, the uh shanghai lil the
2: I, I don't even want to say it i mean not not that it was bad but you know there there was something that could be taken as uh an insulting way of
0: referring to an asian person oh i mean can can some, can some girl well some girls was never played on the radio that much anyways well, it was it was not played. Slant eyed lady. So then he call her the, sl- the slit eyed lady, right? Slit eyed lady, yeah. 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 That's all I mean, listen, it's a song. I, I don't I don't think that he had any bad intentions, you know, when he wrote that. There was no hey, re- recently, people today are too fucking sensitive.
2: That's yeah, re- recently people have been hung out to drive for less.
0: Bob Dylan. <laughs> Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Dylan. <sighs> That's not nice. all right, well, we talked about the stones there's so much again we we, we could definitely do two hour podcast that we don't want to do, but there's just so much to talk about with them. I, you know, I hope we covered some interesting facts along with the techno technical difficulties this this is going to be an edited podcast. I'm pretty hey, did sure. you know that Mick Jagger
2: was actually considered to play Alex in the film adaptation of *A Clockwork
0: Orange*? I I, I could see that, but Malcolm McDowell was—he 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 he was classic. He it's was classic. Perfect. Did you music. know
2: that? Did you know that on a lot of the Rolling Stones songs, that is, is certainly like during the seventies, and this was something that Keith Richards learned from Ry Cooter, mm-hmm. that he used to only put five strings on his guitar. He would leave the low E string off of his guitars. Interesting, yeah. Interesting. One of the reasons why he said that he could actually play the way that he did was when he was a kid, he actually ripped off the pad of his of his uh, right thumb, and he felt that that he could actually grip the pick a lot better after that that happened. Not that he was playing before then, but
0: who did I? Um i was just watching a band recently oh you know what and it's totally off topic but it's kind of related to what you were just talking about the b52s didn't have a bass player Nope. the lead guitarist played the top string of the guitar as the bass for that group yeah which is kind of brilliant in its own way do you know who else didn't have a bass player uh who the doors that's right yeah 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 they didn't have a bass player i should have known nope. that i was thinking not, of uh
2: did not have a, a bass player did not have a bass player let me ask you this do you know who nanker here we nanker go again. do you know who nanker felge is you're coming through like the like a robot do you know who nanker felge is nanker n-a-n-k-e-r-n T-H-E-L-G-E, Nanker Felge. Who's who's that? It is actually the the pseudonym or the pen name for the few songs where the Rolling Stones all got writing credit for a song. Oh, so nice. instead of list- listing all their names, they actually use the name Nanker Felge. I don't know what it means. It's just a bunch of gobbledygook,
0: <laughs> but that's what they did. What else you got? Let's keep this going.
2: You got other? You got any more stuff? Uh, who had more number one singles? The Beatles or the Rolling
0: Stones? Well, I would have to say the Beatles. That is absolutely
2: actually correct. Yes. <laughs> what what one musician? Probably there may have been another one, but really the one musician that played both. And recorded both with the Stones and the Beatles. Billy Preston. Nope, it was Billy Preston. (laughs) Which two Rolling Stones albums have sold the most
0: copies? Some Girls and Sticky Fingers. Close. It's Some Girls and Tattoo You. And Tattoo You sticky fingers part two. So I get a half a credit for that. Yeah, know? you you
2: you were you were right there. You were right there, brother. I would I wouldn't cut your connection for that for that answer. <laughs> <laughs> I was on, on my own it, for a, little, a roll. I was on my own for a little while. I was really scared
0: up here. <laughs> With the, you got to play your guitar too. <laughs> I Come on, I'm away. on a roll. You got anything else?
2: Uh, let me see if I have anything else. I don't think. So what, what song in the sixties was actually banned by the BBC radio stations and the lyrics had to be changed for their appearance ah. on the Ed Sullivan oh, show. Let's spend the night together. That's right. And what did they change the words to? Let's, uh, let's. Let's have some crackers together. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's spend some time together. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which Beatles song did Mick Jagger sing backing vocals on? Which Beatles song? Which Beatles song did Mick Jagger sing backing vocals on? By the way, just as a side little hint for you, and this will help you a lot, Brian Jones actually plays oboe on the song. Now you got it right. Was it
0: "Give Peace a Chance"? No, that was John Lennon. Um, I can't think of it. I'm not going to waste the time.
2: Baby, you're a rich man. Oh yeah. And the Stones return. The Stones return the favor. Mick G- I mean, uh, John Lennon and Paul McCartney sang the high falsetto vocals on "We Love You," and. Brian Jones actually sang backing vocals on one of your absolutely favorite Beatles song, Yellow oh, Submarine. Yeah. <laughs> ah,
0: yeah. It's it's a fun song. You know, I don't dislike no, it's, it.
2: it. it's it, it it hasn't aged well for me.
0: No, it hasn't, but like I said, it's a fun song. I'm not saying it's a good yeah. song or a great yeah, yeah, song. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. a fun song. Do you remember going to see Yellow Submarine at Kincaid's Theater Saturday mornings? I, I I, don't remember seeing that one. Well, How is Yellow it's Submarine like, the one with the blue meanies? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 With the finger. Yeah. <laughs> the blue meanies. Yeah. Not to be confused with screaming yellow zonkers. Oh, right?
2: my God. I could, I'd kid. kill for a screaming Those yellow
0: zonker. Greatest ever.
2: They don't make them anymore, right? I don't think so. I'm going to have to look
0: online. They made cracker jacks look like crapper jacks.
2: No, and they didn't have stupid peanuts or walnuts or any of that shit in there. It was just caramelized, buttery, toffee popcorn.
0: And how cool was the box? Black box. It was box. cool.
2: Attributable to it. Here, let me show you this. See this filling right here? This <laughs> is Screaming Yellow Zonkers in fifth and grade.
0: Was that kind of a Peter Max um, type of design on, on the box?
2: Yeah, 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 kind of. Look at me well, let pulling me ask you out this. a
0: Peter Max reference. Look at did me. You,
2: did you? Did you ever open a box of screaming yellow Zonkers and not finish the whole goddamn thing? Not that I can
0: remember. <laughs> not that I can remember. All right, so you got all your stuff. We 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 gonna finish this this train wreck. This uh... I think. I think I'm good. All right, so let's uh let's finish the show with this day in music. So, podcast is being recorded on September first. So. This day of music, this is interesting. In 1966, the Birds played the first of an 11-night run at the Whiskey A Go-Go in Hollywood, California. The Whiskey A Go-Go opened in 64 with a live band led by Johnny Rivers and a short-skirted female DJ spinning records between sets from a suspended cage. When the girl began to dance during Rivers' sets, the audience thought it was part of the act and the concept go-go dances in cages was born. Wow. I think they should bring that back. (laughs) That would be awesome. Okay. On this day in 1977, Blondie featuring playboy bunny, Deborah Harry signed their first major record company contract with Chrysalis records. Yep. On this day in 1979, U2 released their very first record, an EP entitled? U2-3. That's my boy. With an initial run of a 1,000 individually numbered copies, the tracks were produced by the band with Chaz Diwali and was available only in Ireland. A 1,000. What do you think those are worth? Oh, my Lord. On this day in 1983, Mick Jones, lead guitarist with The Clash, was fired by the other three members who claimed he drifted apart from the original idea of the group. Mick Jones... Biggest, biggest mistake ever. Mick Jones... I, I've, I've watched some documentaries. Mick Jones was always always had like a boombox. Yep. And he was listening to hip-hop. He was into all that different type of music. And he wanted to go in that direction. Listen to Big Audio Dynamite, right? Yeah. Everything he wanted to do, the, the other members of the Clash wanted to keep it real. Well... See how that turned out, right? On this day in 1984, Tina Turner, after a 25 year career, had her first solo number one single in the U.S. with
2: "Private Dancer."
0: Nope. What's love got to do with it? Oh, I, do- song... I
2: thought you were talking. I thought you were talking about the album.
0: No, the song was uh, the first love number one single. Uh this was originally written by Cliff Richard. However, the song was rejected. It was then offered to Donna Summer has stated she sat at, she sat with it for a couple of years and never recorded it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Big mistake there, Donna. God rest your soul. And this day in 2009, Echo and the Bunnymen, uh, keyboard player, former keyboard player, uh, Jake Brockman was killed when his motorbike was in a collision with a converted ambulance on the Isle of Man. In 1989, the band's first drummer, Pete DeFreitas, died in a similar crash. Weird. All All right. Happy birthday. Born on this day, September 1st, 1933, Conway Twitty. Conway West. Conway Twitty held the record for the most number one singles of any act with the fifty-five with fifty-five on the number one billboard country until George Strait broke his record in two thousand six. And born on this day in nineteen forty-six, Barry Gibb. Born. Happy birthday, Barry Gibb. Born did he in ninety four, he was inducted into the songwriters hall of fame with his brothers in in ninety-seven. Uh, The Bee Gees, he was inducted with the Bee Gees into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and we received the Brit Award for Outstanding Contribution to Music. Thank you, Barry Gibb. So, that's it, buddy. Wait, 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 one more birthday. Oh, and that is?
2: The lovely Miss Deborah. her birthday is tomorrow. Well, happy birthday, Deb. Born... September second, nineteen seventy. Ah, that this is Casey Kasem, and this request goes out to Deb Calabrese. <laughs> Deb writes, "My husband is a complete
0: asshole," <laughs> <laughs> and my wife, the lovely Doctor Vera, was born uh, this past Saturday, August twenty eighth, nineteen sixty nine.
2: This one goes out to the lovely Doctor Vera. <laughs> stop it's terry jacks season in the
0: sun okay listen despite all our hiccups tonight thanks for watching and staying with our second show of the week we appreciate you all so please make sure to like and subscribe and have yourselves a great night thank you scott the it guy and tune in saturday for america's top 40 good night